Today is Monday, May 15th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Texas sends migrants to a very specific location, one that Kamala Harris is likely not happy about. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend. Quick start podcast at cbn.org. That's our email address. You can send us your thoughts there. We'd love to hear from you. Joining me now to get through the news of the craze, we do each and every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Billy Hallowell. Trey's, Trey is uh, off for today. So you got Billy and I here holding down the fort on this Monday. What's up, Billy? How's it going? You know, I'm I'm excited. I'm ready to dig in. I'm ready to dive in. You know, who knows what the news will hold this week? I'm sure yeah. it's going to be wild. Yeah, it's definitely wild. And everyone's bracing for what's going on on the border right now with Title 42 expiring. And, and it's kind of it's kind of an ongoing crisis sort of situation anyway. But it's really heating up now. And so we'll have more on that. You also have an update on was it Kirk Cameron today. Yeah, it's, it's actually a positive update on his book tour he teamed up with franklin graham and so we'll get into that a little bit today yeah looking forward to hearing about that and also on the main thing madison seals caught up with actor and businessman elon srilovich about his company and their ad campaign they did defending women's sports against transgender ideology interesting story there great conversation we'll have that one coming up on the main thing but first we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds a busload of migrants from texas unloaded right where vice president kamala harris's current home is located at number one observatory circle local news had videos of migrants getting off of a bus and grabbing their belongings and this isn't the first time that texas governor greg abbott has sent buses of immigrants from the U.S.-Mexican border to the vice president's home. Abbott said in a letter to President Biden at that time that his policies, quote, leave many people in the bitter, dangerous cold. As the polar vortex moves into Texas, Texas has borne a lopsided burden caused by your open border policies. He said there will be more coming, and he said he will be sending migrants to New York, to Philadelphia, Chicago, all these other places around the country that have build themselves as sanctuary cities. And New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy's taking aim at Governor Kathy Hochul over New York's, New York's congestion pricing program. There's an ad campaign telling New Yorkers, hey, come and live in New Jersey because of this tax congestion scheme. And Robert Gallaty, an author and pastor of Long Hollow Church in Hendersonville, Tennessee, recently addressed the pulpit on whether it's wise for believers to drink alcohol He said you can't be full of the spirit and buzzed at the same time, saying there's no difference between the two. You can read more about that over at CBNNews.com. Billy, a couple of interesting stories here. I'll get to the border one in a minute. First, I wanted to mention this New Jersey story because as someone who lives just outside of New Jersey myself, and I see people fleeing New Jersey and their incredibly high property taxes, I find this sort of, uh, it's like the, you know, uh, ironic here. It's it's the Spider-Man meme where the two Spider-Mans, dre- Spider-Mans dressed the same or pointing at each other. Like, hey, you and your oppressive taxes, come over to New Jersey. I mean, it's it's kind of laughable, but, uh, but it's also really kind of troubling to see all these taxes 
zooming in. Do you did you find that one a little as ironic as as I did? I did. Yeah. I mean, it's like I live in New York, right? And so you just you look at how unsustainable it all is, and yeah. it makes you laugh because all of these states that are near each other—Connecticut, New Jersey, New York—they all have insane tax burdens. And you would think that somebody would wisen up and say, "Oh." We could attract a lot of people right. here if we just stop doing this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's just wild. Yeah, it is. And then also speaking of unsustainable, I, another one that I find ironic are these cities that say, they're, they, hey, we'll be sanctuary cities. And they, they get the credit for the virtue signaling there. But then when Texas is getting completely overwhelmed and they put these migrants on buses, these migrants who have filed for asylum, they know all the sort of loopholes to kind of keep themselves in this country for until they get a court date. And sometimes it's years away, as Chuck Holton was telling us last week. Then when they send migrants around and say, hey, well, we can't handle them all. And then they turn around and say, well, wait a minute, we don't have the infrastructure for all this. And it's like, well, welcome, welcome to the party. This is the problem that we're dealing with. Well, if you're going to give all of these benefits out to people, right, and you're going to basically, I I would imagine that for Texas, it feels as though some of the northern states are basically incentivizing people yeah. to come, right? Yeah. And so you're doing that, and then suddenly you're like, wait a minute, we don't have the infrastructure. Well, guess what? Nobody has the infrastructure <laughs> right. for this because right. this shouldn't be happening. So I think it's just, it's unfortunate to watch that. But I also do think you know, outside of the humanitarian issues and the fact that these are humans and there's a real discussion to have there, obviously, mm -hmm. you don't want to be using people right, as pawns. Of but I think the reality is they're showing we this we're a country, we're a unified country, and each state is being over overridden with this issue down on the border and they can't handle it. And so they're kind of redistributing not the wealth but the uh, the issue and yeah. i think showing people right and i don't problem is. i don't think that that these governors are doing this i mean maybe they look at it as well we'll we'll get political points too but i, I don't think that's first and foremost i think this is a serious issue that you know you're a state like texas and you're saying what do we do and you have all these other states saying oh come on just be more friendly and let everybody i, I think it's just out of necessity at this point that they have to send people around and like you said share the burden of this if this is the messaging that we're going to do and we're not going to provide enough resources to secure the border but it certainly highlights the need to make sure that our border is secure and that we're able to you know monitor and allow the proper amount of people in to the country but we're going to move on to the next story here and actor kirk cameron and evangelist franklin graham they teamed up over the weekend for a special stop on cameron's brave story hour tour so what, what happened here billy yeah, so this is interesting because a lot of these events that Kirk Cameron has held have been at public libraries. Not all of those libraries have wanted him there. They've actually <laughs> right. tried to turn him away. Um, but this was an event held at the Billy Graham Library in Charlotte, North Carolina. And according to reports, there were over a thousand people who attended this event. It was two sold out book reading events filled with faith patriotism, family values. And unlike those other libraries, th this library wanted Kirk to be there. <laughs> and so, you know, Franklin and Kirk teamed up. Uh, his son, Will Graham, uh, also was there. And from from what we're seeing, it was a pretty powerful event with a lot of excited people. Yeah, it sounds like it. And what did, what did Franklin Graham have to say about Cameron? 
Yeah, you know, before the event, Franklin was basically like, look, you know, I I cannot believe that people have tried to keep him away. They've tried to, you know, not allow him to be into these libraries. Um, and he said, you know, look, Kirk isn't afraid to take a stand for what's right. And I couldn't be more proud of him. He talked about the fact that these massive groups of people like let's let's remember these library events. You know, you get hundreds and hundreds of people to come out to see Kirk Cameron read a kid's book, right? Yeah. And there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. And Grant was saying, it's because people are resonating with that message. Um, and he said, you know, this is evidence that all over the country, even in far left cities, there are much more people who want to hear what Kirk has to say than what a drag queen has to say, which I thought was a great uh, quote from Graham. Yeah, indeed. And uh, I, would, I would assume that, you know, these audiences coming out were excited about seeing um, Kirk Cameron and Franklin Graham you know, sometimes we're getting protesters at these events, too. How did the audience react here? Yeah, the audience was was really overjoyed. There was a guy, Ricardo Iran. Um, he was there with his wife and his two kids. He said that Kirk's ministry is awesome. Um, he talked about the boldness that he speaks. And I think that's the key here. You know, people are really um, excited to see the boldness for the unborn, for the family. And, and so he said, we love seeing what he's doing. There was a woman named Jamie, a former teacher. Uh, she had spent almost 20 years, I guess, in the public school system and quit to work at a Christian school because she couldn't take the indoctrination anymore. She said she loved the event and loved um, how Kirk talked about the book on such a personal level. Again, this is a kid's book through yeah. Brave Books, but it's it's one that has a, a powerful message for for really everybody yeah indeed and um why do you think these events and the, this topic is is resonating because i know that one side's portraying this is oh they're attacking and it doesn't feel that way it feels like um, maybe the lgbtqia whatever the alphabet you know combination is now at this point in time it feels like they're pushing the issue and they're really really trying to get it towards kids, especially seeing these, you know, drag things that are really promoted at, at with young people involved. And so uh, is that, well, you, let me just throw it to you. Why do you think it's resonating? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's resonating because of everything you just said. The fact that, you know, we're watching these drag queen story hours. We're, we're really, we're living sort of in this vortex where one side for decades has convinced, has, has said, oh, the other side is just waging a culture war. And meanwhile, I think a lot of people on the secular progressive side, they're also engaged in waging a culture war. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, they're able to continue saying, no, we're not. No, we're not. We're not doing this. We're just trying to live. And everybody on the right is doing it. The reality is there's a culture war going on. Both sides are in it. And I think these events resonate because they show that, look, there are a lot of people who are very uncomfortable with what is happening in schools happening on school boards unfolding all over this country and to franklin graham's point that's why they're showing up at these events they they love their country they're filled with faith they want to celebrate family values and that's and that's what they're doing and so i think you're going to see more people do what kirk is doing and find a lot of success because yeah. the silent majority is sort of out there lurking yeah and i think that that <laughs> uh, that is where the line is drawn especially is the kids i really think that is where it's like people said okay because i'm look i remember i mean i don't drink at all i haven't in over a decade in my younger years when I lived in Tampa, the Super Bowl was there in like 2001 or something like that. And I was just out and there was it was crazy to see all these people out and they were celebrating and having fun. And we were kind of just going around and it was a sea of people. And I remember getting just kind of 
shepherded into this one place and it was all of a sudden a drag show started and uh needless to say we left very quickly but the point is this was going on and it's like okay i guess if that's what people want to do then nobody was bothering them right like the it was something that existed and happened and among adults people are like okay like i don't agree with that but adults are allowed to make their own choices right and then so this has been going on forever and no one said a peep about it there's no not been protests about these shows and things like that now you're having it because truth is being attacked truth is that we can see and that we can know with our own eyes is being challenged and then it's being foisted on our children of our nation and i think i think that's just where people are drawing the line well, and you've got you've got this big conversation right now about parental rights, and it's really bizarre to watch because people are saying, "Well, it's my right as a parent to take my kid to a drag show, right? Like that's yeah. my right." And if you defend, and you know, where you have to really have a conversation. Well, what is going on at these drag shows? We have all seen horrifying videos, yeah. And I don't. I mean, how many are they anecdotal? Is it is this not happening in most of these shows? I don't know, but at the end of the day, there has to be a real conversation about the content and what is appropriate yeah. for kids and what should be allowed. I mean, what is right? the re- what is the redeeming value in this for children? I mean, it's just it's it's awful. It is awful, and people are reacting. Satan is busy. Yes, Satan yes. is busy. People yeah. are reacting accordingly. I think so. Anyway, appreciate you bringing that story, Billy. We're going to move over to the main thing now. Madison Seals caught up with actor and businessman Elon Srilovich. He's got a company. And he has a ad campaign for that company that is defending women's sports against transgender ideology. This one's resonating too, much like Kirk Cameron's events. And he talked with Madison about he was how he was inspired to take a stand in the marketplace and how he hopes other companies are encouraged to defend the truth. That's today's main thing. It probably comes as no surprise to most of you listening that we live in a culture that rejects truth, that equates being progressive with rejecting biological sex and all the places where sex and gender play a role in our lives, including sports. You've more than likely seen the disappointed look on female athletes' faces as they stand in second and third place next to a biological man who stole not just their trophy, but their chance at becoming the best in their sport. Today, I'm talking to the founder of one company who decided to capture this emotion or this truth in an online ad defending women's sports. It's called Erased, and I'll play a clip from the ad here. I got this little nugget of an idea from my dad. He used to watch me run and say, ain't no woman alive that can beat you. And I believed him. He made me feel invincible. It wasn't easy. I trained hard, harder than anyone else I know, but I was made for this. I was an unstoppable force, a life dedicated to perfection. But even perfection wouldn't be enough. So again, that was a clip from an ad called Erased. And I'm joined by its creator, Elon Srulovich, CEO of Eggard Watches, to talk about the response that his company received. Elon, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me today. First of all, thank you also for not being afraid to stand up for truth in a culture that just totally rejects it. Our listeners get to hear a clip of the ad itself, but can you tell me a little bit about the story in it? 
Yeah, it's about a young girl who grows up and she's inspired by her father to push herself and become a runner. And um, she reaches, you know, great heights. And she believes, like her father tells her, that there's no woman alive who can beat her. And then at this one big race, she's, uh, she's met with a competition, which is a biological male. And in that moment, she realizes that all that work, all that sacrifice is going to be lost due to an unfair biological advantage. And um, yeah, and it just kind of hits her at the end. And then we also show at the end some articles about where this has happened, including in combat sports where there's been major injuries to some women. Yeah, it's really an awesome ad, not just for the the actual topic in it, but also just for the theatrical quality. I'd encourage anybody who's listening to go watch the full ad. Tell me about the response that you've received from this. It's been incredibly positive. Um, there's obviously been a little bit of, of people who have come on and accused us of being fascists and transphobic and racist and whatever else mm-hmm. they want to throw our way, but overwhelmingly positive. And I think the majority of people deep down agree with the message even though they might be scared to express it. And I want to give you time to talk about why you came out with this ad in the first place, because this is about so much more than just boosting sales. If that's what this is about, then you picked a super risky way of doing it. (laughs) So I want to read a portion of your website because it's beautifully written, and it tells a little bit about your story as well. Inspired by his father, Elon designed his first timepiece to honor the unbreakable bond between parent and child. It was his goal to create inspiring luxury pieces that embody the depth of emotion we each feel for the person in our lives who has defined our own important moments. Though time is fleeting, each carefully crafted eGuard timepiece becomes a constant reminder to be thankful for these wondrous moments and to look forward to the future. And again, that was from your website. And I just, I think that's beautiful. And that's just your founding story. But the ethics behind this business are really in full view in this most recent ad. Why did you choose to speak out on this issue? Well, I think it's connected to that story. Uh, You know, I was lucky to have uh, parents who were wonderful examples of what it means to stand up for what you believe in. They they went through very hard pasts. Uh, My mother escaped Iraq as a Jewish woman. My dad's family. Wow. Uh, was mostly killed off in the Holocaust, and he's like the child born right at the end of that. And so they've always kind of instilled in me that no matter what's going on, you have to stand up for what you believe in. And then you've mentioned this a lot uh, just early on, the importance of truth. And we've become a society that's not only accepting the denial of truth, we're accepting anti-truth to the point of sacrificing the rights of, of women and children. And the the reason I chose sports specifically was because it's a very relatable subject and it's such a clear view of an advantage. But this has permeated all aspects of society. Prison. There have been biological males with a history of assaulting women who have been put in prison cells with women. And any society that goes so far as to accept that is a society, in my opinion, that's doomed to fail. It's a denial of any form of, of absolute truth, which I think is the glue that holds society together. Uh, And so it's scary for me to see it. It's scary when I see that no companies are willing to stand up on this side. It's scary when I see that media is pushing one narrative, politicians. And so I think the more people who become vocal about it, because deep down, I don't care what side of politics you're on, deep down, you know, it's wrong. You know, and, and we just sit by and we out of agreeableness, out of not wanting to stir problems, out of saying, hey, other people should live the way they want. I'm all for that until it starts imposing its ideology onto the way other people are living their lives, onto sports, onto the safety of children, into prisons, into the medical industry. And so, yeah, I decided to say, hey, enough is enough. How can we create a humanizing story that will 
get people to realize that this is not okay. And I figured this was the route to go. Yeah, absolutely. And so many people would agree with you. In just two weeks, you sold out of your complete line of women's watches and Mm -hmm. almost all of your necklaces. What do you make of this outpouring of support that you've received? I think people are just tired of being censored. And so when someone speaks a truth into the world that they are looking to hear, that they are waiting to hear, that they themselves want to say, that they connect with, it's very powerful For everyone, because it opens the door for us to say, see, there is someone out there who agrees with me because we're so isolated because of how the Internet works nowadays. And we don't know. We're scared that if I just say this really common sense position, that maybe my life will be ruined. And I'm just trying to show people, hey, you can do it. And the the response of the company really proves that. It proves that to other companies, which I think is the most important thing of all, because if more corporations start standing up, that'll make a big cultural difference. And this entire battle is won on the cultural front. It's not won on any political front. It's not one on a legal front. It's really one in culture where we start just saying as people, enough is enough. Like, let's pull it back a little bit. Um, And so this response to me is really proof of that, is really evidence for other companies to stand forward and do the same kind of messaging. Right. Yeah. You're doing something so brave by applying your values to this business that's has nothing to do with politics, but this is something that you believe socially we should be talking about and something that we should be fighting for. And I think by applying that to to your watch business, that makes it so much more relatable for people who maybe think that they are, you know, they don't work in the political realm, so they don't care about politics because we're all going to be influenced by the decisions that those who are in politics are making. And so we might as well fight for the things that we believe in. I think you're a perfect example of that. Yeah. And if you're, if a lot of people will write to me and say, I just don't have a platform. I'm like, but if you can change one person's mind, that person will go change other people's minds. There's a, there's an effect that takes place and you don't know who will eventually reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the truth is I don't see it as bravery because I see the alternative, which is silence, which is self-censorship, which is what most of us are doing to lead to far worse outcomes than even me losing my business. So if, if I'm putting my business on the line, I think that's a fair sacrifice. I had a, you know, an acting career. I've been in a lot of TV shows and that's been heavily sacrificed. I'm okay with that. I have no uh, negative feelings toward that because I know at least I'm walking a line in my life that will provide me a future where I can look back and say, I did the right thing. We have to stop being scared of doing the right thing in any moment. Um, and I catch myself in that too, sometimes holding back, saying, you know, maybe this isn't isn't the right time to say this. I don't want to offend anyone. And I don't. I really don't. I, I hate offending people. And it bothers me that this ad offends people. But at the same time, I can't censor myself to that extent where the fear of offending others for a completely common sense position becomes something I do. I just can't live my life that way. Right. Well, I love the ethics behind your company. Where can people check out your beautiful watches and jewelry? They're on egardwatches.com. That's E-G-A-R-D watches.com. And we have uh, videos up on the website. People can go check them out. Awesome. Elon, thank you for standing for truth and for making a quality product. That's rare nowadays as well. I'm so thankful that you were rewarded for your effort and your bravery. And hopefully, as you mentioned, others will be inspired to do so as well. Thank you, Madison. All right, Madison, thanks for that conversation. Really appreciate it. That's going to leave us with time here for one last thing. 
Now, I love Mark 10, 27, because Jesus reminds us of something pretty powerful here. Um, he says, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. And I think we, a lot of times we feel like we're sort of downtrodden. We can't get where yeah. we want to go. Or, but, you know, God can help us with boldness, with courage. We see that with Kirk Cameron um, and just in general in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think so many times we put everything on our own shoulders. And it's such a great reminder that we don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. We can keep taking one step forward at a time, knowing that even if we have a step back or setback, we know that God's in control and ultimately working all things for good. So great reminder there from Mark 10. Great place to leave it here on the podcast today. As always, get yourself on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, that creek don't rise. We'll be back here tomorrow with more. God bless. See you then.